We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What is up, Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of Pack-A-Day Podcast. I am your host, Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ross Uglum. You can find him on Twitter at Ross Uglum. Ross, what is up, my man? How are you doing? I'm doing great, buddy. Uh, it's hard not to be excited, you know, where where we're at uh, as far as this season just barreling down upon us, boy, it's, uh, it's just about, it's just about football season. Man. And I'll tell you what too, this, I'm excited about this season, you know, because football's back obviously, but for me, it's just, you know, the change has been good. I think there's just something in the air. And I was just thinking the other day, you, you think about this Packers roster top to bottom, right? And, I, where is where is their glaring weakness? You know, like what is the positional group that's going to be their Achilles heel? I don't think they have one. Now, I, I tweeted this because I don't I don't necessarily know Ross what you would say their strength is either. I mean, obviously quarterback, but uh, so they're going to be an interesting team, and I think they could absolutely make some noise. And there's really no reason why they can't make a deep run in the playoffs this year if things go as planned. So I think it's a a super exciting season that's going to be upon us. Um, A lot of unknowns that we're going to have to kind of go through together. 
Um, but that's good. You know, change is good sometimes. So um, it'll be fun. I'm with you. But uh, as far as today's show, I'm, I'm real excited. Uh, Ross actually, I don't want to bury the lead here. Ross actually um, got to sit down with one of the camp darlings so far, which is a guy that uh, when he signed with the Packers, we actually did a whole podcast about him just because we're geeks like that. But that's Darius Shepard, uh, number 10, the slot receiver out of North Dakota State, a guy that's made you know, a lot of – made some pretty big waves so far in camp. You know, catching that touchdown pass um, in the game, he's been impressive in practice. He's a guy that you you hear his name all the time coming up, you know, making plays, just showing up every single day. Um, so Ross actually got to sit down with him. He's got uh, – so we got a, an interview with him coming up. Um, and we got some other topics to kind of go over. Um, but, you know, kind of just some housekeeping items. Today, uh, the Packers signed fullback Tommy – what was his last name, Ross? Uh, Bohannon. Tommy Bohannon, who is a six-year vet, played with the Jaguars, very familiar with uh, uh, offensive coordinator uh, Hackett. So he's a guy that you would assume, Ross, he's just going to come in and probably be a body. Um, but with a guy that's got, you know, he's got he's been in the NFL. He's got game experience. He's got playoff experience. It's It's tough to ever completely rule a guy out like that but what are your thoughts on the signing of him and um, does that really change anything about Danny Vitale to you no it doesn't you know you, you're kind of in a situation where um, you don't have any fullbacks you don't have any healthy fullbacks Vitale's nicked up the other kid got hurt in the preseason game and I feel like they just need a body now he does have a little bit of experience with Hackett uh, has has definitely been in this league. I mean, six seven year vet, and has has run some you know successful stuff of of Hackett's before. Uh, I think people saw that fullback uh, you know fake lead draw touchdown deal uh, that Andy Herman posted with Bohannon. I I don't think he'll make the team. I think it'd be ridiculous for them to keep more than one fullback, and I think that fullback's Vitaly. But I understand why he's there right now. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of what I think most people assume, but you just never know. Hopefully Vitaly comes back uh, healthy. I know he's got the calf. So uh, he's been a guy that I think has been really exciting to watch develop. And if you go back and look at his tape at Northwestern, he's, a, he's not your typical NFL fullback. I mean, he can obviously play the blocking role, but he's an athlete. Like he's a guy that is going to be a weapon, you know, out of the backfield as a checkdown guy. You've already seen it, and you know the very first completion against Houston was a nice little one-handed snag from Vitaly. So I think he's going to be a guy that a lot of Packers fans are probably going to fall in love with really quickly um, for whatever reason. It's not just Packers fans; fan bases around the NFL love fullbacks for whatever reason it is. But uh, Vitaly seems like he's going to fit into that fan favorite type role as well. The dude is super active on Twitter. Like if you have Twitter and you tweet at the guy, he more often than not will respond to you. I mean, he's, it's, it's been pretty cool. So um, hopefully he can stick and, and make a name for himself in Green Bay because I know Packers fans love their fullbacks. But another you know piece of news, I guess, that – uh, I found interesting. The Vikings actually just traded yesterday for a kicker. I, I'm going to butcher his name. I think it's Kerr Vedvik. He's a kicker, punter. Uh, they acquired him from Baltimore. What's interesting about that is the Packers were the team, were another team that were reportedly interested in trading for him. So 
you already have Sam Ficken in camp. Crosby's been dinged up, and now they're going out and looking to make a move for a young kicker. It would appear that they would like to move on from Mason Crosby. Um, Ross, thoughts on that? I mean, I know he's got the cap hit of like 3.6 this year if they get rid of him. To you, is is that worth it, it to get rid of a Mason Crosby a guy that, you know, he's kind of stood the test of time, did not have the best season last year. Um, and, and maybe that's just because I'm thinking too heavily on that Lions game where he missed five kicks. But is is it worth it to get rid of a, you know, kind of, you know, he's a savvy vet, but he's a kicker. Those guys can kick forever sometimes. So what are your thoughts on Mason Crosby and, and the Packers reportedly interested in trading for an, a younger kicker? I, I mean, I have no interest in, in moving on from Crosby, not for, you know, whatever million dollars. Uh, it's going to end up being inconsequential money, I think, with the rapid growth of the cap. I just, I don't think it's all that important. Um, if Ficken kicks better than he does, great. You know, uh, that's fine. The, the the other kid, though, which is uh, which is interesting to me, is the kicker-punter combo. Now, I, I don't think that if Green Bay would have pulled the trigger on this dude that then they released Crosby and Scott, but I've always kind of thought that uh, it would be incredible because there, there are guys that you know definitely do that in the uh, collegiate ranks, even, frankly, so high as uh, occasional Power 5 teams. And, man... Even if there's only one or two, maybe three guys in the world capable of doing it, wouldn't it be awesome to be able to save that roster spot and keep your seventh wide receiver or your, um, you know, your sixth edge player or your fifth linebacker, your ninth offensive lineman, whatever? I, I don't, you know, I don't care. But wouldn't it be awesome to only have to carry two specialists? Well, that's you know, I think that's the common thought process too. Is always well, it's, you're just kicking. Why can't they do both? You know, obviously it's very, it, it is easy to think that. And I do that sometimes too, where it's like, how hard can it be? Um, but obviously anything at the NFL level is extremely hard to be good at, at one thing. And um, kickers can kind of be kind of finicky anyways. Another guy that I think is kind of worth lumping in this conversation, a guy that, especially after last week, you know, Lane Taylor was the only offensive lineman that was out there with the starters and, you know, Coach LaFleur said he's he's playing for his job. He's playing for his starting job. But he's a guy that if they moved on from him, they could save $3.3 million this season. And I kind of agree with you with the Crosby thing, and I think Lane Taylor fits in that mold too. And I think Packers fans are so gung-ho about saving all the cap space. So we'll get, get rid of this guy. He's paid too high. But when you look at it, Lane Taylor, if he doesn't win the starting job outright and, you know, he gets beat up by Elton Jenkins, which I think Packers are – I think they're hoping for that. I think they want the young guy to come in and start. But Lane Taylor would be a heck of an insurance policy, not only at both guard positions, but if you remember back to two years ago, Lane Taylor came in when they had – you know, they're starting like five guards across the board, and they, they threw him out there at left tackle. and He actually held up pretty well. Um, so part of me almost wonders, you know, I, I don't think they would get rid of Lane Taylor if he loses the starting job, because I think he could be a guy that could potentially back up, you know, four positions. And Ross, what are your thoughts on Lane Taylor? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I understand the cap savings part of it as well. 
Uh, but at the same time, especially, honestly, and this is people who are like, oh, he sucks. What's, especially after Jason Spriggs got hurt and, you know, was he's really not going to be part of this season. Uh, I know people think that's stupid, but the reality of the situation is Spriggs was the third best tackle last year. Uh, and and beyond that, I mean, frankly, the guy was an average NFL tackle. And that, that that's valuable. Uh, if you're not a dumpster fire, which admittedly Spriggs was that, you know, his first season, season and a half. But towards the, you know, parts of last year where he actually had to come in and play, he graded out uh, roughly average, whether... Um, you know, it was my personal grades or, or, or uh, pro football focus, even I, I think it might have been slightly below average, but certainly a massive improvement the way that Andy Herman over at Cheesehead TV uh, grades. I, I just I don't feel like getting rid of more offensive line depth because because eventually and, and I get that this is a deep and talented offensive line. And I like that. But you don't just give away guys that can play. And, and I think any. You know, Vikings fan, frankly, will tell you that. Like, they've had guys that can't play on the offensive line, and it's hard to be good offensively. Well, we're extremely spoiled as Packer fans, too. I don't think that's mentioned enough. You go from, you essentially go from Chad Clifton and Mark Tauscher to Brian Bulaga and David Bakhtiari. That's two incredibly good bookend tackles. You know, we went through a year of Alan Barber as a right tackle. But guess what? Alan Barber went on to play multiple years. Marshall Newhouse played, started a year, kind of a disaster type year for the Packers. Guess what? Marshall Newhouse is still in the NFL. Those guys have value. When you talk about average, even slightly below average offensive tackles in the NFL, those guys stick around. Jason Spriggs is not done playing football. I guarantee whenever he is done with the Packers, because he, you know, whenever they reach their injury settlement or whatever they do with him, he will play again in the NFL. Um, he, he put just average tape out there. He's a you know top 100 pick. He's going to be around probably for a few more years. Um, so it's interesting, you know, just to kind of see what people's perspectives are on on players and and positions and stuff like that. And there's absolutely a shortage of NFL offensive linemen. It's and it's it's alarming, really. And and honestly, as Packers fans, we've been really lucky that that was, you know, Ted Thompson was so good at finding those guys. James Campen was so good at developing them um, because we've not had to suffer like a lot of teams have. You know, and obviously there's been there's been times, there's been stretches, but by and large, not really. Um, but with that said, I, I kind of want to get to, you know, the, the main part of this podcast today, and that is Ross sitting down uh, with our guy Darius Shepard, um, to discuss some Packers football. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and give that a listen. Here with Green Bay Packers receiver Darius Shepard. Shep, how's it going? It's going really good. I'm excited to be here. It's a cool experience. First, I would have to say, I mean, obviously you're here for OTAs and stuff, but this is the first NFL training camp practice for you. How do you feel things went? I thought it was a really solid day. It was really cool to go out and, you know, see the big line of people out there with the, the bicycles. Kind of reminded me of, like, the Frisco uh, walk-up. Sure, the sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it, was a good, it was a good day one. How do you feel like you played a lot of folks making a little bit of noise? You ran with the ones a little bit, made some catches, scored a touchdown in red zone. I mean, I, I felt like things went pretty well. Yeah, I'm just trying to come in each and every day and compete, um, learn the playbook, and, you know, take things one day at a time. 
you guys have an extremely young room. If if you know most of the room came in last year, there's a few rookies. How much does the receiver room lean on like a Geronimo Allison or a Devontae Adams? Right, I think those guys are really big leaders in the room. People know what they've done on the field, and they, you know, they're, they're great players and great leaders. And it's cool to be able to you know learn from those guys. What's it like working with Aaron Rodgers day in day out? Um, it's really cool. I mean, that's a special player right there, and uh, you know he means a lot to this team. And you can see in the meetings just how how um, how it's wise and smart he is. So it's really cool to be around him and, and learn from him. Fargo area, Green Bay area, roughly the same size. Is it kind of a? Do, do you see? Do you see similarities in the two the two markets, the two fan bases? Even I see a lot of similarities. I mean, as far as tradition, I mean, colors, the the way the fans come out, and you know, just the the culture as well. So I mean, it's really special to go from one place to another, and a lot of similarities. Day to day, how are you going about setting goals for yourself? I mean, obviously, the main goal is to make that fifty three man roster mm-hmm. at the end of things, but but what are you doing every day to kind of achieve that? Uh, I just want to get one percent better each day. You know, whatever I can do as far as learning the film room and then taking it out to the field and execute, and then special teams trying to compete and you know show that I, I belong. All right, thanks. Thanks, Ross. Good to see you. Buddy. Yeah, you too. Take care. All right, and we're back. That was Darius Shepard, the the wide receiver out of North Dakota State, trying to make his case to make this Green Bay Packers squad. Um, the wide receiver position, Ross, has been widely talked about too as as a position that the Packers are really deep at, you know, they have guys that are, are nice developmental pieces in the pipeline. They have some guys that seem like they're ready to take that next jump right now. And then obviously they have Devonte Adams, who is uh, and for my money, he's a top three receiver in the NFL. So the argument that's been kind of going around Ross, and, and this is, we usually typically see eye to eye on pretty much, you know, most things, green Bay Packers football. Uh, but the argument that's been going around is this Packers team really has no need, maybe not no need, but it would be maybe smart for them to look at not keeping both Geronimo Allison and Jake Kumaro. And I know that's that's kind of a thought process that you have, Ross. I don't agree with that. Um, and I'll plead my case here in a second, but I kind of want to give you the floor and just kind of lay out. Why do you think that? Like, what what road do you go down in your head to kind of think that both those guys should not be potentially should not be on this team? Sure, and I want to just uh, start by sort of explaining that interview with Shep. Um, that was me and him in the locker room the day after the first day of camp. Uh, so it was kind of brief. He was I wouldn't say a little bit nervous, but that was the the setting there. So that's why there was no question about the touchdown. Uh, that's why, you know, it was, it was kind of more of a welcome to Green Bay type of thing. And I just wanted to kind of sp- just sort of retroactively create the setting for everyone. As far as the receiver position is concerned, I think you're going to keep one of Trevor Davis or Darius Shepard. Um, I think it's pretty obvious, you know, which one I prefer. And it's, it's for multiple of reasons, personal and obviously related to football. And I don't even think I'm alone in that related to football part. Uh, it's been a little bit even frustrating to watch all these people write uh, the Darius Shepard pieces that I know if I write, I'm going to be accused of, of, of bias. And it's probably right, but um, it's like, man, if you guys only knew. <laughs> uh, as far as the rest of that group goes, then, if you've got one of Davis or Shepard, um, you're not going to release either Brown uh, or uh, Scantling. That's just not going to happen. And you've, so you've got four. Beyond that, though, I think there are questions. And a, a lot of folks would probably 
lock in Jake Kumaro and Geronimo Allison and say, all right, well, there are your six. And my issue with that is uh, everybody's favorite buzzword, and that's upside. And here's the reality of the situation. Geronimo is an awful athlete. He gets by on exceptional route running, exceptional awareness, um, and, and just frankly being a good football player. But there is a ceiling uh, to where he can get to. Jake Kumaro destroys preseason games because the guy's like 35 years old. And I say that somewhat jokingly, but I'm pretty sure he's older than Devontae Adams. In fact, I'm pretty sure he's the oldest wide receiver on the team. I think he's 27 or 28. And it's taken him this long to kind of develop into this player who, frankly, kind of is also like a really good fourth wide receiver on a team. And I think that has to be taken into consideration, you know, the the upside of these guys. And, and that, frankly, is basically that neither of the, those guys have a significant upside. I, I don't think that over the course of time, Kumaro or or Allison can get to where Jamon Moore can get. Now, Jamon has a lot of issues, but so did Devontae Adams, and so did Jordy Nelson, so did James Jones, for that matter. Uh, Jamon's just a completely different kind of athlete, and it has a completely different upside than Geronimo. And, and, and as well, Alan Lazard, frankly, is the same way. And they don't have a Lazard. Uh, they kind of have one in Jimmy Graham, but Jimmy's old. Jimmy's going to get cut after this season. His ability to get up, box people out, win downfield. I understand that MVS and, and EQ are tall, but that's not how they win. you got to watch them play. That's, that's not actually how they win. Uh, Lazard being that actual red zone threat is something they don't have on the roster. And frankly, uh, with his athletic ability and his size, he has the potential to get to a place that Kumaro and Allison can't get. Now, for right, for right now, is that okay uh, to, to have one of those guys in the roster? Sure, absolutely. Hold that you know uh, third spot in the receiver rotation until Equinemius St. Brown is ready uh, or until Darius Shepard is ready hold that spot down and then slide down to your more natural number four kind of spot in the pecking order. But to, to, to carry two guys like that, um, frankly, two guys who aren't good enough athletes to really make a huge difference on special teams, I'm just not here for that. And I would uh, be very interested to, to hear your, your reasoning on the opposite end. So I, for, I mean, first of all, I, Really, I do agree with everything you're saying. And I think with with upside, you know, that's a tricky thing because what is what is your mark of a of a successful an, an above average receiver in the NFL? I think you would say, you know, any receiver that can be, you know, a thousand yard receiver, probably catch eight to 12 touchdowns is, is a very good receiver in the NFL. Right. Um, and if you look at Geronimo. And I'm going to talk about him first. And it's it's a projection. And you look at his stats last year. You know, the first four games of the season, Geronimo Allison was leading this team in receiving. Um, you know, if you break down that quarter of the season and spread it out throughout the year, you're looking at a guy um, with, you know, about 1,100 yards receiving and eight touchdowns. That's a good receiver. And that's, to put it in perspective, that's similar to a Keenan Allen. 
And I'm not saying Geronimo Allison is Keenan Allen because he's not, but he is a similar style of player. When you talk about a guy that is a below average athlete, but a very good route runner, a very good, uh, has very good situational awareness when he's on the field. Um, so that would be, you know, the reason to keep Keenan Allen. Kumaro is, is more interesting for me because a lot of people are talking about, you know, Bill, Bill Huber came out, wrote a really fascinating article last week talking about the question for him wasn't, should you keep Jake Kumaro and Darius Shepard? The question for him was, does LaFleur have the cojones to start them, you know, next to Devontae Adams? Because they've been that good in camp. And so if you start, if you listen to things like that, okay, so how good is Kumaro? What, if he's at his upside right now, if he is what he is right now, what is that? Is that a thousand yard receiver, that, a guy that can catch, you know, 1,100 yards worth of passes, eight to 10 touchdowns? If he's that, and Geronimo Allison can be that as well, that's to me why you keep those guys. And, and also, the Packers aren't good enough. I mean, I, I, we're, we're talking about a team that hasn't made the playoffs in two years. Are they good enough to bank on guys that they hope can hit and be that type of receiver? Because how much better is, can, I mean, how, it's, that, that's why potential is such a tricky thing, Ross, because so how much better can, you know, Jamon Moore be than a Geronimo Allison? You know, that's, you, you're kind of gambling, you're, you're gambling, you're rolling the dice. Because um, Geronimo's gone out and done it, you know. So for me, that's why I would say, give me the guys that are going to go out there and beat the guy in front of them and catch a ball, you know. So that's what's tough for me, and and I agree with you. I, I also I don't think Equinamius is a lock. I mean, this is a guy that was a, what a fifth round draft pick last year. He definitely and I love I love Equinamius St. Brown. Don't get me wrong. Um, I actually like him probably – I like his his upside. There's that word again. I like his upside even more than like MVS. He was a guy that I really like coming out. But now he's got this knee injury. He hasn't had a great camp. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he got cut. I wouldn't be. And that's just kind of the, the way I think it's going to fall this year. I mean, you got a guy like – you're right, like Alan Lazard. How many of these upside guys can they keep? You know, so that that would be my question and my concern with this. Um, it's just you can't bank on potential forever with these guys. Even And, Ross, with that said, Jay Kumaro has played like three NFL games. So well, maybe, even, I'm, even maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Maybe I am. I, I like the guy a lot. I want to see what he can do in, in a regular season game. Um, but I don't, I don't disagree with you with the fact that he is both of those guys. They are what they are today. But I think the question is, what is that? Is that a above average starting NFL wide receiver? Because if it is, I think that's why you keep both of them. Well, and even with, you know, you say that Allison has done it, even even to get to Allison's numbers, you know, you're, you're still having to extrapolate. He hasn't actually sure. done it. Yep. You know, you're still taking a sample and, and going on from there. Yeah, true. Absolutely true. And you could... You know, if you want to play that game, you could you could do that. Go take MVS's best four games last year and talk about what that would be. You know, over the course of the year, hundred percent. I totally get what you're saying. Um, my my money would say if I had to put money on this, I would say they're gonna keep both Chimo and Kumaro. Um, 
But I just think, you know, how many young potential guys can they keep? You know, you got Trevor Davis, who's been frustrating. He's been kind of a bang your head against the wall type of guy the first three years because obviously the talent's there, but he just hasn't put it together. You know, Jamon Moore, you want to talk about guys stylistically, you know, because I just compared Geronimo Allison to Keenan Allen. Jamon Moore is stylistically kind of similar to Devontae Adams. Like he's, he, he could be very good if he puts it all together. Uh, but I just, you know, it's just the question of could, can you, can he do it? Will he ever do it? You know, and so that's kind of one of those things that I'm, I'm glad I'm not going to be in the room making these decisions. But I also think, Ross, it's, it's important to point out too, you, you take a look around Twitter and you look at other fan bases, every single team, has this, you know, has this problem at, at a certain position where they think they're super deep somewhere and there's guys that teams are going to try to sneak on their practice squad. Like everybody has this. So, and, and it's true every year, you know, the Packers have guys that you think there's no way they're going to sneak them onto the practice squad, you know, and sure enough they do. And I think Taysom Hill kind of, kind of spoiled that for some Packers fans, but that's definitely not the norm. Um, that's kind of an exception to the rule. Right, and and like you said, Taysom Hill did kind of screw a lot of stuff up. I mean, they are, uh, they're really, yeah, and Packers fans have been skewed a little bit by letting Hill go as far as their understanding of how often that kind of thing actually happens. Right, because if you, you look at this roster and you say, you know, like Darius Shepard is, a very good example of that. Even, you know, Packers fans are are falling in love with the guy because he's become a camp darling, a guy that's making plays every day thinking, Hey, there's no way we're going to be able to get this stash, this guy on the practice squad. Um, But realistically, I would say that's probably if, if I was a a gambling man and I had to put actual money down, that's what I would tell you is that's probably where Darius Shepard is going to end up is on the practice squad. And I doubt a team tries to hawk him, but there's always that chance. So um, it'll be interesting. The The good news is this stuff a lot of times shakes itself out one way or another. Um, not good news for the players. You know, sometimes injuries kind of settle that stuff. Um, sometimes players drop off. Um, you know, Alan Lazard has kind of had a reemergence, really. The first few weeks of camp, he was a guy that you didn't really talk about. Then in that game, I was surprised how often, you know, they were targeting that guy early and often. And now you hear about how he's kind of strung some camps, practices together. You know, he's got the attention of Coach LaFleur. So there's a guy that could be making, you know, a late rise. So, you know, that kind of stuff happens. we got three weeks left. Um, This stuff will sort itself out. And truth be told, you know, September, November, these are guys we're probably not really even going to be talking about anymore because they're going to be, you know, contributing to the team in limited capacities at best. So, um, it's, but it's part of the, part of the, part of the journey, part of the game. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but other than that, Ross, was there anything else that you wanted to touch base on today? No, sir. All right. Well, that's, that's going to be it for us. You know, a very special thanks to Darius Shepard for taking time out and sitting down with Ross. I'm not trying to put any pressure on you, Ross, but it would be really awesome to, uh, to hear from him again now that he's kind of strung together a couple weeks, but Hey, no pressure, man. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll tag him in this and I'm sure Darius will be listening to this podcast to hear himself. So I'm sure uh, we'll get him on here again. Um, but Ross, thanks for joining me today. Thank you guys for listening as always. Go back. Go.
Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over against the snap. Backpedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Good! 30! Turns up field. 25! Cutting right to the 20! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.